Welcome to the Dog Classroom. The Dog Classroom Podcast. I am your co-host, Anne-Marie. And I'm your co-host, Amelia. Like and subscribe on Spotify and YouTube in video format. And now into the episode. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to another episode um, from the Dog Classroom uh, podcast. Podcast. There we go. That's what we're doing as a podcast. I keep getting stuck that we're doing webinars or seminars. But uh, yeah, we're here. Um, we are actually talking about uh, noise uh, phobias, yes, noise sensitivities. There's a lot more issues with dogs out there that people come to us for help for. There we go. Right. Yes. It's not always about pulling, jumping, barking. Yeah, exactly. And I think honestly, the few ones that we see obviously are the worst ones, but I think there's way more dogs out there that have sound sensitivities that people are just ignoring or living with or, or don't realize that there's anything they can do yeah that's true right that's true. sometimes they don't even realize like why would i call a trainer what is training gonna do yeah for this this noise issue that they're having right so you know it's not like you hear about people very often with you know different sound sensitivities but now that i'm saying that that's maybe where we get into ptsd but anyway we're not even gonna oh yeah i know see because i was thinking of the army people anyway i'll oh, let that go right. yeah so <laughs> Back to um, dogs. Well, back to dogs is I'd like to start off with thunderstorms and fireworks because I find this is the most common um, sounds that cause emotional and mental issues with the dogs. Right. I think partially is because we don't necessarily experience them throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. Right. They seem to be somewhat seasonal, though. I find fireworks lately are getting more random where just (laughs) random you see these pops or these um lights up in the air but um with dogs we don't even say train it we just sort of let it happen i know there's some different organizations out there that have actually created um, different DVDs or mm-hmm. different sound dialogues where the music is classical and then you have a few um, thunderstorms and then classical thunderstorms. So it's so, like, a, like a program for desensitization. Right. Almost. And I think what I'm sort of starting to, to get at a little bit is... Um, ideally having it considered as part of training having Mm -hmm. it considered as that something that we should also work through i know i've been mentioning it more and i try to even with like walking and recall is trying to go to different places in the city where there's different things going on and Mm -hmm. whether that be noise um whether that be visual but a lot of times i find um and then again working with a dog the other day is this dog was scared of traffic but the dog actually started to react before he even saw the vehicle because of just the context i think the context but also could hear it oh, okay coming right yeah. so so you knew it was the sound more so than the so visual. the the anxiety was being built up as the sound got louder and louder and then saw it, which yeah. then the dog would react, right? Interesting. So, yeah, so there's my little example. So I'm, um, in short, I really want people to try to desensitize or um, at least expose the dogs to those thunderstorms or fireworks just out of context, you know, right. just 
we now have sound apps. We now have YouTube where we can just play a little bit of something, something here mm-hmm. and there. Because the tricky thing is we cannot control the sound when they happened. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So last year, I think we had our first thunderstorm in like April, and I don't think anybody was ready. No, I for mean, it. I I think like we've had a few when we've been teaching classes. I know that I have anyway. Yeah. And sometimes, like if I have a puppy class and it's thunderstorms, I'm like, don't even panic about it. Every time you hear a boom, give them a cookie. Yeah. We want to start right straight. Like whether they're scared or not, this sound is either a good thing. Or it's just something that happens in the background. Yeah, and the best thing you can do is just go on like you would. Exactly. I think the the tricky time is if it hits and you're not home. Right. Right? And then they feel alone, and then there's a sound they haven't really heard, and sometimes it, it can be quite um, excessive or, or repetitive. So, but... You know, to say again, if they've heard it before, Mm -hmm. when you have been home and nobody was stressed about it and everything like that, then when you're not home, it's, you know, a little less stressful. The other thing to say is, you know, play um, a little bit of classical music on a dark, rainy day. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And just, I don't want to say drown it out, but make it less obvious that that sounds happening. I think, too, one of the things that I've heard, and I don't know if you've heard this as well, but that dogs sort of feel um, like the humidity drop or something like that. Barometric pressure. Okay, and that's what it is. Okay. Yeah, and you can actually measure it because I know my dad had um, this. uh, It's not even a clock. Like, it's just this little thing. It looks like a clock or a temperature thing on the wall. and. Yes, the dogs experience the the shift in it. So they're already, once they sort of put two and two together, they're already stressed and know something else is going to happen where we do not pick up on it. Yeah, because a lot of people, and I know my childhood dog would start shaking like three hours before there would be any rain even. Like she would just know that there was something. Yeah, I think rain a lot of times too predicts um, predicts it. Yeah. And that's like, that's basically the whole, the whole situation is that, one thing predicts another thing. And yeah. that's dogs learn that way, right? Through making associations. So yeah. um, thunder predicts, you know, that shaking feeling or, you know, or the rain predicts that there's going to be a lightning and then the lightning predicts that there's going to be a thunder. And they just sort of get themselves in this little circle of panic. Yeah. yeah. So in saying um, best thing to do is somehow try to expose them in every day where you can actually control the sound. Yeah. And you can expose them at a level that everybody's still happy right yeah we don't want to yeah <laughs> we don't want to take them outside on a thunderstorm and you know overwhelm them right off the bat right so now that you said we can control the sound i just want to jump over to fireworks where honestly i feel like we used to just experience that on july 1st and like i said before it seems to be happening happening multiple times mm-hmm. where sometimes you don't know Uh, when it's going to happen. But again, if you've exposed your dog to it and they hear this little popping, of course, it always depends on the the sound of it or the loudness of it depends technically who's letting them off right how close they are how close they are to you so not to say you know you can control your neighbors five houses down (laughs) or anything like that but the idea is then you're able to work through it not acting like there's any type of stress suggestion is you know shut the windows just sort of yeah yeah so try to quiet down but it's honestly a lot of times they'll pick up from us if if it's stressful the other thing honestly to remember and say with the thunderstorms is they have better hearing so mm-hmm. we really don't understand like if we think it's loud you can only imagine right yeah yeah so the tricky thing is a lot of dogs especially in the summertime are going to camp yes 
right, where they're experiencing these fireworks. So, you know, what do you do? Well, you know, um, having some music in the house, putting the dog in a basement and, and training them a little bit. Highly, highly do not recommend bringing the dog out to the beach to watch. Yes, um, they probably don't enjoy it. No, or down to the do. marina. Like ideally people hear stories every year about how a dog spooked and ran. Yeah. Yeah, and the scary thing is is if you're so, they're so scared and that's happening, well, you know, they can get lost. They can get hit by a car. Like it's super scary. So don't just assume that they're going to be okay. Yeah. And I think also that sort of triggered my memory here is a lot of people think that you can reinforce the fear by uh, comforting your dog if yeah. they're scared. Yeah. And so I think it's important to know that you can't, you can reinforce behaviors, you can't reinforce emotions. And what's happening at that time is an emotional response, right? Yeah. So your dog isn't purposely panting and shaking and drooling. Yeah. And it's beyond you know, at that point. Yeah. Um, so at that point, like, yes, please comfort your dog. Please tell them it's going to be okay. You know, um, mm -hmm. at that point, are, are they necessarily learning anything? No. I don't think so. Um, but it's just like, you know, if you or I got scared and we're like, hey, I need a hug, like, you'd probably say no. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But um, no, more likely, I'd probably say no. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, that just tells me, OK, I'm still scared, but you're not safe. So, yeah, I'm going to run. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so we don't want the dog to, you know, make any any um, negative associations with us because that's all emotion driven, just like the fight or flight when they're running. Yeah. Because people will go, oh, my dog has great recall. And I'm like, not when they're terrified of <laughs> yeah. a firework yeah. or during a thunderstorm, because that's just survival mode. Yeah. And it's really scary when they when they sort of get into that point, because that's just panic. Yeah. Yeah. So a little off topic there, but um, you were talking about basically not bringing your dog to these events because they could get scared and run. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times, again, we want them to be social. We want them to be a part of the bonfire and the whole experience. But, you know, nobody asked them if they want to sit out there. Um, so, you know, be, again, an advocate for it and protect them a little bit from it. They don't need to experience the lights in the sky, that sort of thing, and probably would much rather be inside with a stuffed Kong. So yeah. just be a little bit more aware of exactly what's going on. Because I know when Benjamin was young, he had quite a bit of noise. That's your son. Yes, yeah, sorry. I'm looking at Amelia. Amelia knows who Benjamin is. But he he was quite sensitive to sound, so he actually wouldn't even sit on the beach yeah. for the fireworks. He was in the house with the dogs watching a movie. So Yeah, and there's always, like, even now on social media, I get ads all the time for, like, these special headphones and those special headphones yes. to drown out all the sound because yeah. there's lots of people who are really um, sort of sensitive to that thing. Yeah. Um, it's not maybe the same level as the dogs who just don't know what's happening and panic. But yes. It's there's definitely there can be emotions attached to. Yeah. So I'm glad you just said that, because insane is the dogs don't actually understand what's making the noise and it will go away. So they're like they don't understand the whole concept. Yeah. They're just hearing the sound. So I think the, the understanding is a little bit different. So in moving on from thunderstorms and fireworks. Can I ask you one question? Yeah. Have you seen, I know we've talked about Thunder shirts and we're going to talk about that in an episode coming up. You're going to ask me about the pink one, right? I'm going to ask you about that thing that goes on their head, the Thunder cap or? Yes. Um, have you ever experienced that at all? Ex I have not. Experienced it. Um, I actually did order one. Okay. And I wanted to try it, but it was more for um, uh, the visual part in a vehicle. 
So um, I was thinking of having it as an example because they recommend putting it on and you train it like you would train a harness or a gentle leader. Therefore, they can't see the dogs outside the vehicle. So you're not having reactivity in the car, which is why I sort of got it as just an option and was going to play with it. But honestly, I put it in a safe place. Yeah. I'm not sure where but that I've is. But I've heard, because um, it comes like earmuffs or something to drown out the thunder sounds or something like Okay, that. well then the one I ordered was not like that. Oh, okay. The one I ordered was more like a visual, but I'm not surprised now that maybe they have something like padded-ish. Yeah, but basically, yeah. I mean, while we're talking about thunderstorms and fireworks, there's definitely products out there. There's definitely, um, listen to our other Well, I know some or... of them will actually, some people will actually put cotton in the dog's ears. You That's just have to make sure choice. that it's not too far down you can't really put earplugs in yeah i know but there's been a few people that have actually you know used the cotton or whatever gauze as earplugs interesting yeah all right so moving on from thunderstorms fireworks fireworks. um other things that clients have had concerns about one for me is dishwashers okay interesting that yeah i could see that right um what's one for you um what about like the fire alarm beep that's a big one in my house yes even if i'm listening to like or on on a video or something and somebody's in that video's fire alarm beeps the dogs are the smoke detector sorry yeah um the low battery thing yeah they just they're not happy yeah it's really quite high pitched yeah yeah um another one for me vacuum the vacuum's a big one yeah and i think one that just came to my mind was when I took Maui to some kind of I'm trade I'm, show. I'm just waiting for okay some kind of trade I show got a story or, about the vacuum or festival or something and a, a man was playing a guitar and really Maui was scared yeah you never told me that I'm sure I did I don't think he was so. a puppy he was a puppy yeah. okay just because he wasn't sure what it was yeah. yeah I think the sound like the man was there with the guitar and that was fine and then the sound he was like oh nope absolutely <laughs> Blew his not. mind yeah <laughs> but the the tricky thing honest with the vacuum to me it's not only the sound it's the movement it's the movement it's and, kind of freaky looking well it is and we have to say the odd time the odd person has got a little excited and decided to chase the dog a little bit with the vacuum because mm. it's fun that's and then, not nice no but you know little did they they thought it was pretty fun well yeah anyway but when it comes to the vacuum you know and i used the same example at the beginning with the car why not deal with the sound separate yeah from the actual vacuum and i recommend that in puppy school yeah and so when I'm doing puppy school or when I'm doing puppy socials is she that vacuums. I vacuum yeah. because so first of all, you got that really nice, quiet vacuum. I don't know what brand that is, but shout out to that vacuum. Great yeah, I vacuum. know. But do you have you noticed now that I bought a cute little um, funky vacuum that we're all using it that you guys clean more? So it was so worth it's my a positive purchase. I, I bought you a fun vacuum. You clean more. So I mean, just when they're playing, you know, I just turn it off. Right. It's not making the sound. And I walk through and I'm doing the motion. And then just while everything's going on, I just turn it on for a few seconds and nobody seems to notice or care. And I just say, OK, give your dogs a cookie for that. And it starts with just the sight. And then we go to the sound. And then maybe we would go to the central vac one day. <laughs> maybe 
see Amelia with all that hose. (laughs) But um, yeah, so that's definitely the thing is we can train it separate. We can move it when it's off Mm -hmm. and then we get them used to the sound of it and we can start with a lower sound, slowly increase the sound and then actually get them moving with the vacuum. The other one little thing to add on is what I did with one of the dogs is every time um, the owner vacuumed, the dog got a stuffed Kong. Okay. So it wasn't like totally focused on that vacuum, that scary vacuum thing, yeah. where it was, I'm chewing over here and I'm watching that move. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause yeah. then it's, they're not sort of forced to sit there and stare at it, right? Yeah. Just, it's just there, it's just yeah. kind of happening. Yeah, another one, um, snowblowers. Yeah. Quads. Um, um, whippersnippers, <laughs> lawnmowers. No, seriously. Yes, yes, yeah. is that what they're called? Weed whackers? I don't know. I call them whippersnippers. Whatever. Is is it an age thing? Whippersnippers? I don't don't know. know. Okay. Um, But literally, I had the dogs doing targets towards the weed whacker. And then I had him turn it on and not move it. And we trained the dog 20 feet away to take it. And then um, the wife would train the dog and do U-turns while the gentleman was just walking it around the yard. Like these people are pretty hardcore. We should have got video because I thought that would be pretty cool to watch. I feel like I remember you telling me about this when it was happening. Yeah. And then we had to do the same thing with the lawnmower. Yes. Yeah. And that can be a safety issue. So that's that's an important one, right? Well, and, and that's why we then were on leash. Yeah. Because I know the odd time when we're in the back 40 clearing trees, Alfie will all of a sudden sort of go towards Mike if he's um, using the chainsaw. Oh, okay. Yeah, tolerates it to a point and then seems to spook a little bit. So we've worked more on we do parkour while yeah. dad cuts the tree up. Yeah, we're just kind of over there on leash. Yeah. I think that's 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 a good representation of things that people notice. Yeah. I think there's also the component of dogs that are having noise issues that the owners maybe don't necessarily notice. And that would be more like the traffic or the kids playing in the park and the yeah. dog starts acting weird and they don't really realize why. Yeah. Um, so I think there's things that maybe it's not like an all out noise phobia but there's a sound sensitivity. You use a word for it. Is it trigger stacking? Yes. Oh, see, I just thought of that word. Yeah. I'm quite proud of myself. Um, so that's exactly what, you know, a lot of times dogs will come and the people will say, oh, they're reactive, they're uncomfortable with dogs. But we don't realize the everyday sounds because I think we take them for granted. So what Amelia is saying is the dog comes out, okay, can tolerate the sound of the traffic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tolerate the sound of the kids that you just walk by. Okay, tolerated the sound of the motorbike that just went by. And then you add the dog barking, that's it. Yeah, so it's like it's just stacking up until it's too much. Yeah, so definitely, and and that is what I say is we try to pull everything apart and deal with one issue at a time and then we slowly put them together. And so I think basically with all of these different examples, regardless of of what the sound is we're talking about two things we're talking about desensitization yes and we're talking about counter conditioning okay and so desensitization together. is is basically um exposing the dog to a stimulus the sound in this case where um it's at a level that they can tolerate right and then the counter conditioning part is changing how they feel about it yes so you're not just exposing them to it you're also at that point giving treats or giving a stuffed kong or you're doing something to sort of change the emotion yeah that comes with it um 
challenging to do in situations like fireworks where it's the neighbor and it's really close and it's really loud. So sometimes management may kick in. Sometimes there's a management component. Sometimes there's working on it with desensitization, counter conditioning. Yeah. Um, I want to briefly touch on there's sometimes dogs with an all-out noise phobia and it's affecting their quality of life. Okay. And um, I can think of a few examples of dogs who, you know, they would hear a sound in the training space and that was it. They were done for the day yeah. and they needed to leave and they yeah. needed to, like, they absolutely could not function through that situation. Like, there was no desensitization going on. Um, so I know there's some new medications out there. There's yeah. some different stuff. that. So actually, with Amelia bringing that up... Um, in discussing um, this podcast, I did mention to her that I found where some people will actually come to me um, and believe that the dog has separation anxiety. Yes. But there's a but in there because the emotion was first triggered by a sound. Right. So um, it was the dog was home alone. This sound happened. And for them, they just had to get out. Um, so anytime now they're alone or the owner leaves them alone, they're going to associate it with that sound that terrified them and they just have to get out. So a lot of times, you know, we've had a few dogs go through windows, mm -hmm. um, scratch the doors, chew moldings, and it hasn't been separation anxiety. So I think sometimes, you know, we always say record it yeah. and, and that sort of thing, but that is also affecting them emotionally and you know, two different ones that we actually identified the cause was one of them, this dog was a rescue. So brought in at a few years old, mm -hmm. was fine all through the summer as the winter started and they used a wood furnace. The oh. house shifted, mm -hmm. right? And you hear sort of the crackling and the house shifting. Yeah. Dog went through the window. Oh, no. So the dog was, he actually <laughs> built the dog, a heated kennel and so forth outside. And the dog would then, when he left, okay. would spend the time outside and then another one that rings a bell was the um um the nail gun of when they're doing shingles oh yeah the dog it happened to be the neighbor had the roof redone and the dog was just absolutely awful so we managed to narrow it down and there was a lot of construction so what we backed up to is we did put the dog on i believe an anti-anxiety because it was okay. quite extreme we had the veterinarian's assistance in it and we started the training. Yeah, and that and was sort of my training. point is sometimes we need to work with the vet, right? If yeah, it's affecting absolutely. the dog's quality of life, if there's a safety issue, like they're gonna climb through the window, yeah. um, we wanna make sure that we're, we're working as a team with the vet and that you know they're getting the assistance they need to start the training, like you said. It's just to, to sort of put them at a level where they can handle desensitization. Yeah. Because sometimes they're so scared that's just not going to happen. Right. Um, one thing I want to touch on just before we wrap it up is prevention. It's always good to talk about yeah. prevention. Yeah. Um, and I know we were talking a little bit earlier about some of the things that I do in puppy school, like turning on yeah. a vacuum, playing some sounds while they're doing their off-leash playtime, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, what are some socialization suggestions for people who want to prevent noise anxieties in their puppies. I think again is, you know, when we talk about taking them different places, it's still the same thing. We talk about taking them different places to hear different sounds. Mm -hmm. Like uh, the marina is a huge ones with the trains banging, um, the kids on the skate park. A yeah. lot of times the dogs haven't even seen the kids moving so randomly. They just hear the banging of the skateboards. Yeah. Can be a trigger. 
Um, the sound of wheels is a trigger for a lot of dogs. Like the sound yeah. that it, it makes when they yeah. scrape. Yeah. Um, different roads. Like if you always walk your dog in the cul-de-sac, you're not going to get the sound of the dump trucks yeah. and the transports. Uh, you may get the odd motorcycle, but mm-hmm. I find that's a definite one where, where you're walking because the way the people figure out is all of a sudden they're on Arthur Street or they're on Red River and the dog is terrified. Yeah. Right? And so. I remember when Nuggie was a puppy, there was some construction going on near my house. And I remember mm-hmm. purposely going there and not like going up to the construction <laughs> machines or whatever, but I was hanging out near and like she saw a pylon and that was a little bit spooky. So we stayed there and we hung out with a pylon yeah. and we worked through it and had some cheese. And, and then she's hearing the sounds of the construction. Yeah. Like you can totally, you know, within a safe <laughs> distance. Safe distance, yeah. Work off of construction sites, work off of different sounds. Like if there's... From your house, we can hear the gun range, right? Yes, actually, that's a huge one Um, if we're having classes outside. Yeah, and so I'll just say, hey, every time you hear the pop, give your dog a treat. Um, So you can totally work on things that um, maybe aren't in your everyday life, but but that they might come across at some point. Yeah, because we were actually at Centennial, and you could hear the the concert they had last year at the marina. Oh, wow. It was so weird. Hmm. Yeah, even for us, we're like, what is that? And it was almost disturbing at the beginning because you thought something was happening at somebody's house. And then we realized it was the concert. Yeah. Sound travels. Yeah. Sound travels for sure. So (laughs) So to wrap it up, I would say um, there's lots of different things that your dog can be sensitive to that involves sound and not only sound, but also sometimes the sight of things or the sound is a predictor of the sight of something Right. Just remember that their hearing is four times better than ours only four i feel like more than that yeah well they're saying you know times four but they were getting into this um mathematical equation with decibels okay but anyway (laughs) you know when your dog barks and you say there's nothing there well actually your neighbor four doors down to shut the car door exactly right their hearing is so good um and it's definitely it's not something that you just need to ignore it's something that you can actually work through yeah and And it can be possibly fun doing it yeah (laughs) Um, so make sure that if you have questions about this episode, you can reach out to Anne-Marie. You can do that on our website, thedogclassroom.com. You can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify. Uh, 